Hey, welcome to the Heidi Ruscio podcast, where you'll hear compelling stories of female leaders, innovators, and creatives. Today, my guest is Octavia Gilmore, and this girl is amazing. So she founded Creative Juice, which is an award-winning creative agency. She started it, get this, at the age of 23. She got out of SCAD and immediately opened up her own agency. That was in 2013. And not only that, okay, obviously she's female, she's minority, and she's millennial. Can you imagine how many challenges she encountered along the way? Creative Juice, it creates branding, marketing, and web design services to help businesses grow. And some of the companies that she's worked with have been LG, Equifax, Cox, Home Depot, Habitat for Humanity, and Georgia Tech, just to name a few. So we're gonna talk to her in just a little bit about what she experienced in childhood growing up that gave her that confidence and that bravery just to open up her own agency at such a young age, and she's just thriving now. I wanted to share a little bit, listening back to the pod, her podcast, it just made me realize that one is that creating a business running a small business, I mean, that comes with a lot of challenges, right? But then there's also some really good things that come along with it. Lately, for our studio, for our voiceover studio, so my husband and I own Atlanta Voiceover Studio, and we started that almost three years ago. There have been some really tough situations, and it has been really hard. So some days, it's very easy to just focus on those problems, because that's all you're you receive and you're getting. Um, But there's a lot of good things that come from it. So I wanted to share with you personally, some of my our specific challenges that we faced along the way, but also some really great things that come along with it. And I hope that this inspires you whether you are a small business owner to, you know, write down your challenges, write down your problems. I don't ever want to deny that that's going on and that there are hard days, but also to think about some of the benefits that are coming from it. One of the big things that happened to us this year is we ended up having to pay $20,000 in taxes. And it's because of the studio, because we have been saving all the money that we that the studio has been bringing in because we need to move to a new space. The space that we're in is just too small. And so we need a lot of money to be able to move into a new space. We want to build out a studio and just requires a lot of a lot of money. So we've been putting that aside. Well, because of that, it looks like we made a lot more. That was not fun. The other thing is no paycheck. We took a paycheck for a few months over last summer. It wasn't much, but that is all of the money that we have gotten from the studio. And I think a lot of people see what we're doing and they think, oh, that's really nice that you are diversifying your income. And we're like, no, we're not actually. In fact, we have, you know, put our own money in to get this started, obviously. Um, But there are some days where, you know, when we're working a ton of hours, it's just like, oh, man, you really got to pull something from inside you to keep going sometimes because you're like, this this feels really discouraging, disheartening. Not that the money is part of it, but if you're putting that much time and effort. And the other thing is, is sacrificing our own career. During the day, we are the engineers right now. And so there are times where I'm in the middle of a session with somebody else and my agent is texting me and I can't respond because I'm here with another, you know, another talent that's on a Source Connect session or whatever. And so sometimes that's really tough because we feel like at times we sacrifice our own careers to help other people. Yeah. So that's just a challenge that we have to work through all the hours. 
it doesn't ever stop. Um, and people need something all the time. And if there's any problem, guess what? We're the ones that need to solve it. Ultimately, we are responsible for any failure or for any success that comes through the studio. And that just is a 24-7 burden and responsibility. So that's tough. Those are a few things that we've uh, had challenges through. We also had challenges working together as a married couple, but we've really worked through a lot of that. But all that to say, on some of the hardest days, here are some things that we need to think about that have come from this studio. One of the things is there is no greater resilience training. For a while, I would get so anxious over certain things. And somebody asked me recently, "Um, are you still dealing with some anxiety? And I said, no, actually. And I think that it's because it's just continued to build resilience in me. And I'm like, yeah, that is a big problem. But you know what? We've faced other big problems. We'll figure out a solution. We will get through this. And we may have to apologize along the way. We may make some big mistakes, but we'll get through this and we'll figure it out. The other thing is there's always new things to learn. That's not only good for our mind, but it's good for just our soul. And then the last thing is we have the opportunity through the studio to give to others. There is such a blessing in being able to see someone grow and learn new things and have those aha moments. That is worth more than a paycheck. So we are so grateful that we get to witness that and that we get to be a part of that and that we get to help other people. And I just need to remember that it's just there are some days when you've worked, you know, 16 hours and you haven't gotten enough sleep and, you know, it just feels like I can't give any more to other people. So that's where we're at. And I just wanted to leave with a quote by Maya Angelou that really impacted me. She said, if you get, give. If you learn, teach. And I thought that's something that I need to remember every single day as a small business owner. Enough from me. Let's now hear from Octavia Gilmore. Let's talk about your childhood. You grew up in New Jersey. And I want to know... Was there something in your childhood that contributed to this like bravery that you had leaving SCAD and deciding I'm going to just open up my own agency? Sure. Great question. So I grew up in New Jersey. Um, I was raised by a single mom. She worked really hard to take care of my younger brother and I. And that kind of hard work was just instilled in me at a very young age. I was always the person working like two jobs. So I had like a job at Toys R Us when that still existed. Oh, fun. <laughs> um, in, in high school. And then I also worked another job at like a science center. And yeah, I've just always been fairly hardworking, very independent. Um, I bought my first car when I was 17. I saved up like $2,500. Wow. So yeah. And then also my family They're all artists. I'm the only one that decided to kind of pursue art as a career, but they are like super talented, whether it's painting, sculpting. Um, Back in the day, they had a T-shirt line that they used to sell um, towards the church. Um, So like a religious T-shirt line that was really, really cool where they took their own like illustrations and printed them on T-shirts. So they don't have that anymore, unfortunately, but... That kind of also showed me a little bit about like entrepreneurship and kind of starting something for, from nothing and taking your own ideas and creating something that people like. So I would say those two things definitely contributed to me transitioning into wanting to own my own agency 
I went to a school in New Jersey, which was actually the number one school for like academics in the state of New Jersey. And I didn't necessarily have any formal art training, but my uncle introduced me to graphic design around the age of 14, like giving me Photoshop and I kind of just fell in love with it. So I decided to kind of turn my passion into profit and pursue that as a career and then eventually open my own agency. Wow. So you went to school in New Jersey and then you came down to SCAD afterwards. Is yes. that right? Yep, that's correct. Okay, okay great. Beginning out of school, though, mm-hmm. you're young, you're female, and you're African-American. Mm-hmm. Okay, what kind of hurdles did all of that create? I mean, did you have a hard time for people taking you seriously? Yes. Um, so when I was... A junior, around a junior in college, I started freelancing while I was in school just to try to get as much experience as I could. So when I graduated, I kind of had like more experience than people my age because I just try to do anything and everything to get experience. After I graduated, I took a full-time role at a startup company, and it was cool, but it just wasn't for me. But I still continued to freelance on the side, and I actually told the CEO of that company, like, hey, this is cool, but one day I want to open my own agency. And he actually said, you know, as long as you get your work done here, I don't care what you do. So I would get my work (laughs) done at work, right? Most CEOs don't say that. And then I would go and, like, meet clients for lunch. So luckily for me, by the time I decided to launch my agency, I had some clients. But these were all, like, small businesses. If you look at my client list now, I have a lot of, like, large corporations. So I think the biggest hurdle for me is just, number one, when I'm pitching, like, these large clients – I'm asking them for, you know, anywhere between twenty five and like $50,000, right? And they're looking at me like, who's this girl? Like, why right. should we trust you? So that's like the first thing I had to kind of really just sell them on like the value that I bring and really just my hard work and how I am like no other person, in my opinion, can outwork me when it comes to like just running my agency and making sure that we uphold the standard. But then also just looking at other agencies, primarily like in the Southeast, All of them or most of them are owned by white males. So I always tell people this story. I went to like an agency meetup last year and there were 30 people in the room and I was the only minority and the only female. And this was a meetup for agency owners. So everyone was a white male. So it's like when I'm pitching these clients, I'm going up against white males and also I'm pitching typically white males. So I think now there has been like a little bit of a shift where people value diversity and like the perspective that my agency brings to the table. They basically say like, hey, you know, we're looking at all these other agencies. They all look the same. Creative just kind of stands out because you guys are different. And even if they don't decide to move forward with us, at least we're able to kind of get our foot in the door because they saw that we were a little bit different and they wanted to see what we could bring to the table that maybe the next agency couldn't. So yeah, it's been a journey. Right. Um, <laughs> I've gotten, you know, to the point where. You know, as an entrepreneur, you have to kind of master sales at the end of the day. And I used to hate sales, hate networking, but I just do it so much now. There's not a room that I can go into where someone hasn't at least heard of Creative Juice or heard of me, which is pretty cool. And I'm pretty proud of what I was able to accomplish without any like business partners, any funding. I pretty much built Creative Juice from the ground up, you know, started out working at home on my couch with my laptop. And now we have like a full blown office and I have a team. So it's definitely been a journey. I've learned a lot. But um, I will say, 
sometimes it is still a struggle, you sure. know, when you think about like the good old boys network and me just trying to like break into that. But again, I think people are starting to really value having something different and right. that different perspective. Just being a millennial, we bring, you know, the fresh ideas to the table. Not saying other agencies can't, but people you have a come to perspective, us. Yes. Like you said. Yeah. yeah. And they say like we want to look cool and they know if they see something online we know what it is because right. we're millennials, right? So, or we maybe have invented it or something of that sort. So, yeah. yeah. So what about leading others, though? Was there any challenge of being a younger woman? Sure. Was there any challenge in trying to get people on board and then having them respect you or leading them? Was there anything like that? or? Yes, definitely. So I would say that's still something I'm trying to master Luckily for me, I attend a lot of events and conferences and programs and classes with other business owners. And they all say, like, the hardest part is the people, right? But I think for me, the biggest challenge has been managing people my age, right? So, like, we have a lot in common. We're kind of cool, buddy-buddy. But at the end of the day, I still sign your paycheck. So there has to be a certain level of not only, like, respect but also trust there. And it's something that I'm working at every day. Um, I definitely take the time and invest in myself to get resources so that I can always be the best leader. I think that I was already a pretty like detail oriented person. I'm also a Virgo. I don't know if anyone <laughs> believes in that stuff, but we're usually very self-critical. So uh-huh. I always want to be like the best leader. And it's very stressful because you just always want to make the best decision. Sure. And at some point, I think around when I was like 27, I had to tell myself, girl, you are 27. You're not going to know what you're doing right. every time. Like cut yourself some slack and give yourself some grace. You're going to make mistakes. You know, just continue to learn and fail forward. Obviously not make the same mistakes again. But I think once I had that conversation with myself to say, you can't always know what you're doing. Yeah. You've never done this before. And then there are people like twice your age who make mistakes, right? There are large corporate who makes make mistakes so once I kind of got through that I kind of just was like okay as long as I'm being the best me that I can be at every every time then that's all I can do at the end of the day right sure you mentioned resources um has there been any books or anything that you've read that you're like oh this has really helped me and impacted me as a leader sure there is a book called um h3 leadership it actually combines like religion or faith rather with business, Mm -hmm. which is pretty cool. And that was a really, really good book that I read. I also read a book called um, Successful Women Think Differently. And it just covered like um, all aspects of being a successful woman, whether it's having a mentor, investing in your, um, in your growth, right? Investing in yourself financially, stuff like that. It was like a holistic approach to being a successful woman. Mm. And that was a pretty good book that I read over and over again. Yeah, that's really great. You know, one of the things that, um, too, talking about just leading others it, that I found is is tough is because you, you have a brand mm-hmm. of creative juice that you are totally loyal to. Like that, right. ultimately, at the end of the day, if that's not successful, no one else will be. Right. But also, other people that are on your team don't always see it as that way. You right. know, they are very much like, look, this is what I need mm-hmm. or this is what I can contribute. Or I've found that it's been really tough to, okay, how do I constantly think about everybody else's needs, the brand as a right. as a whole, my um, the employees or team members, and then also clients or students that come through our, our studio. Right. 
have you found any <laughs> gleam of wisdom or <laughs> keys to the kingdom with that? Right. I actually read something yesterday. It said that the more power you have, the less empathy you have, which was mm. interesting. Which is why most people say that their managers are like mean. Yeah. <laughs> but I think I have very candid conversations with my employees. And while I always want to understand their perspective, I also give them my perspective and I just break it down in a way that they can understand that I'm not trying to be mean or harsh. But at the end of the day, I have a business to run and I'm in business to make money. And then I have to, you know, continue to keep money and clients coming in so I can pay your salary. So I think that me just being very transparent with my team has helped me a lot and then also I tell my team this but I also tell myself this if I make a mistake as a leader it doesn't mean that I am a bad person right um, mm -hmm. separating Octavia as a leader and Octavia as a person are two different things mm. so I try to keep that in mind because oftentimes you can like feel like oh my god I'm a terrible person right if you make a mistake as a leader or you hurt someone's feelings or just whatever so I try to just separate those two like Octavia the leader is different than Octavia the person yeah that is really good Okay, I'm glad that I asked you. <laughs> Was there ever a point along the way that you just felt like, I give up. It's just too hard. I can't do this. Why don't I just go somewhere else where I don't have to think about all these different things? That happens often. <laughs> You're like, this morning. Right, right, right. But I have a bunch of mentors. I have a really strong support system. I have a bunch of friends who are always constantly talking me off the ledge, right? We just celebrated six years in business and like, honestly, it kind of just crept up on me. I, I woke up one day and I'm like, oh, wow, it's been six years already. So like, look at what I've been through. And then going back to that point of not always being in a room where someone knows who I am, I meet a lot of other millennials, millennial women, minority millennials who are like, yeah, I've heard of Creative Juice. I've been following you guys for years. I want to do what you, you're you doing, right? Wow. So it's like I need to keep helping like blaze that trail for the next generation of entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And I have to realize or I have realized that this is bigger than just me and that I have a bigger purpose, right, which is to continue to encourage diversity when it comes to small business and kind of even the playing field, right? Yeah. So. When I think about how this is a little, this is much bigger than me, that kind of gives me the motivation to keep going and not give up because people are watching me even when I don't realize it. Right. Yeah, that's so true. What do you think that people have wrong about millennials? <laughs> I mean, I think a lot of people know, I mean, it, it's not like as, um, um, what's the word, a rare word to mm -hmm. hear these days now, but but still, I think people get a wrong idea about millennials. What do right. you think that is? I think it's funny because so all these like business classes I join, I'm usually the youngest business owner in the room. And every time they talk about millennials, they just like turn to right. me <laughs> to get my perspective. But, you know, obviously the, the typical things people say is like, oh, they're entitled and whatever. Right. Spoiled. And they just want their way. Some of that's true. I'm not going to lie. But I think that. Millennials are all about challenging the status quo. Like, without millennials, we would not have Facebook and Lyft and Uber, right? Like, we're changing the world at the end of the day. So, while, you know, we're not perfect, I think we do value hard work and we do, we believe in working 
smarter, not harder, right? Mm-hmm. Like some of the other generations, they'll stay in a job for like 20, 30 years. We're always just trying to be better and think about the easiest or fastest way to do something to be more efficient with our time. So I think that, again, we're kind of revolutionizing just business in general with our ideas. And I think that's something that's very valuable. And I think even the generation after us, like we grew up without, you know, email and or whatever and Wi-Fi. And now like we had to learn all of that. Like the generation after us, they were born with, you know, iPhones in their hands. Right. So it's like just think about what they're going to actually accomplish when Mm -hmm. it comes to changing the world. I think it's pretty like inspirational. Yeah. You have something on your wall at work and it says every problem is an opportunity for a creative solution. So what's been your most proudest or I guess what's your proudest? That's incorrect, Graham. Mm -hmm. Uh, What's your proudest creative? solution to a problem um I would say so we work with a wide variety of different clients I think my proudest project has probably this probably Home Depot um we I worked on them for like two years before I could get them as a client so that was just a lot of like courting them and showing the value and then they actually were pretty open even though a really large business they said you know we want some creative juice. Like we are Home Depot, we have our standard, right? But like, how do we look a little bit more cool and hip? So I thought that was pretty cool that they entrusted in creative juice to develop materials for them. Um, So we designed some like trade show graphics for them. And um, we presented to them a few different design directions, one a little bit more like Home Depot-ish, but added a sprinkle of creative juice and then the other option was just like all creative juice but even to see that they were like open Hmm. to those ideas was pretty cool as a really big company so I would say I'm most proud of that again especially because it took me two years to kind of land that client yeah that's huge okay so not only do you run a great business, but you also are very committed to giving back. You partner with Atlanta Public Schools to give students a real-life experience working in a creative business mm-hmm. environment, which is so awesome. You're on board of Next Generation Men and Women, a nonprofit that exposes students to career options and preparing them for college, which I think is so important, too, for minorities to see mm-hmm. other leaders like that. They need right. to see those examples. What motivated you to be involved in this way? Yes. So I think just growing up, at least from where I'm from, you know, obviously there are not a lot of business owners that look like me, especially in the corporate space. So I kind of made it. It's just something I'm really passionate Mm -hmm. about exposing students to just the different opportunities that they can have and then helping open up their minds into them building generational wealth for their families. So, yes, I partner with everyone that I can, but my biggest partnerships are Atlanta Public Schools as well as Next Generation Men. Um, They do like exposure trips where junior and senior high school students come and I give them a tour of the office. I kind of tell them a little bit about myself and then they're able to ask me any questions that they might have about whether it's business, entrepreneurship or whatever. And um, one of the students said that she felt like if I could do it, she could do it. Right. So that's kind of Mm -hmm why I do what I do like I want people to see themselves in me and know that there is nothing that 
can stand in their way when it comes to them like accomplishing their dreams like so I think that that's really really important that they see someone who looks like them and then also I can resonate with them because I've been in their shoes right Mm. so that's just really really important to me. Well, thank you so much for doing that. I really appreciate it. I know, I mean, I have a different perspective, obviously, um, growing up as a white woman. Um, (laughs) But I mentor a little girl, and I think that helped me helped open my eyes to Mm -hmm. little things that I didn't know before, you know, just like going to the library and picking out books and wanting to pick out a book that had a girl that looked like her on the cover and, and having a hard time doing that. And, um, and just, it just kind of made me start to look more at the world around Mm -hmm. me and go, Oh my gosh, what? (laughs) Yeah. I want more for her. Well, Octavia, thank you so very much for joining us today. I really appreciate it and sharing your wisdom and all that you've learned. And um, thank you for being such a great example to women, to, you know, young people, to minorities, to millennials, to... (laughs) You run the gamut of a lot of people that you are uh, leading by example. So thank you so much. And I just wish you the world of success. And if you want to follow Octavia and Creative Juice, then you can find the links to them all below in the show notes. So thank you, Octavia. Thank you for having me.